Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the living God this morning. Appreciate you guys being here. First of all, me and uh, me and Kristen went out yesterday to the funeral service, and uh, Brian he basically did everything, and he did a phenomenal job. I don't know how he kept his composure when it came to singing those songs, you know. Woo, man, but it was, he did a great job. Um, but it's also, it, it's sad when, when one of our members are not here, especially when they play a role in serving this church. You can tell how important each person is in the body of Christ. But if you have your Bibles this morning, please go with me to First Timothy chapter 3. First Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to be reading verse 16. And once you find your place, as always, we ask you to please stand for the reading of God's holy word. I keep closing these doors, but they keep opening. I don't like open doors behind me. I got a bad history. I got Skip watching the front of me, but I got nobody watching my back. I'm going to tell you, I was an outlaw back in the day. <laughs> Come on, amen. I'm, I'm the only one, though. I mean, me and, me and Sammy, you know, we were. <laughs> if you got your place, say amen. I'm reading from the King James Version this morning of 1 Timothy 3 and 16. The Bible says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit. Seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Can I get an amen this morning? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the mighty name of Christ, the only begotten Son of God, Lord, we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and to your course of praise, and we, we magnify you in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask this morning that you would please forgive us where we fail you as men and women of God. We all know that we sin and we all fall short to your glory. But we ask God that you show us mercy today and open up our hearts to receive a word from you. Father, this is a powerful word that we just read and we ask that God that you would just have your way in this service and speak through these lips of clay and hide your servant behind the cross. We glorify you in each and everything. In Christ's name we pray. God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated. We'd like to start out this morning with a little testimony. First of all, as most of you know, for the past 11 years now, I've been on this this journey of, of memorizing the Word of God. And I can't tell you how important it is and how much important is played in my life, especially when I'm talking to individuals about Jesus Christ. When I'm preaching, I don't have to constantly stand up here and read a text, but I can move by the power of the Holy Spirit and minister to each and every one of you personally because I'm not strapped down to a piece of paper. In fact, the Bible tells us, David said, Lord, in Psalms 119.11, Lord, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And so in the same way, hiding the word of God in my heart has helped me 
to, to walk a, a good, godly lifestyle for the Father. And this process started back in the year 2010 when I started memorizing the Word of God. But I want to take you back even farther than that. Let's go back nine years prior to that in the year 2001. In the year 2001, God had given me this particular verse, this text that we read this morning, as, as, as a text to help me through a storm that I was going through. Because back at that time, in 2001, I was, I was in this place off of Harry Hines that was a, uh, a rehab center, not for alcoholics or drugs, but for back rehabilitation. In other words, I was, I done had many surgeries and, and God was trying to get me back on my feet at that time. But little did I know the storms that were ahead of me. I was just actually starting to scratch the surface of what I was going to go through. But, but I remember as, as I was trying to memorize the scripture, they would, they would place me on the, the stationary bicycle. And, 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 and to try to keep my mind off the pain, I would quote the scripture over. And over and over again, but, but, but listen, I wasn't whispering it. You know, I'm kind of bold in my faith, especially around people I don't know. Come on, amen. I want them to know who I'm all about. And so I'm, I'm quoting this scripture to hear it over the bicycle pretty loud. But there's a reason why I wasn't trying to impress anyone. I was hoping that someone would hear it, of course, but the, the main reason was because Four years prior to that, as I got saved, I began to learn certain things about the Word of God that made me grow in my faith. And one of those things is found in Romans 10 and 17. The Bible says, So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Not just hearing the Word of God, but by hearing and hearing. And so in my process of memorizing scriptures, I, I placed this one on my list to memorize once again because I didn't want to ever forget that. I think it's like number 171 on the list. But as I come to that verse, it, it takes me back. It, it, it takes me back to a place where, where, where storms were so clear. And sometimes the Word of God will do that in your life. It'll, it'll take you back to a time when you were in an old-fashioned church, when people truly had a fear for God. The, the Word of God has a way to trigger you and remind you of what God has brought you out of and what God will bring you through. Are you with me this morning? But here's where the service gets strange. Where'd Jesse go? We already run him out? Didn't take us long, did it? Come on, amen. There's something about people. The Holy Spirit falls and they run. You know, there was one man who came up to me and said, man, you know what? I really like your church. And when I want to get the Holy Ghost, this is where I come. Otherwise, I'm at the cowboy church. Isn't that sad? Man, I want to be where the Holy Spirit's being poured out constantly. Amen. Lord, be with that young man. May you bless him and keep him and draw him close to you. I wish I knew where I was. I got sidetracked. The devil's a liar. 
here's what I've learned. I can't read my paper anyway. I don't know why I write stuff. You know, I'm dyslexic as it is, and everything's crazy. But but I I I, I look at it because every once in a while I'll catch a word, and that word will bring to my mind what the Holy Spirit has brought to my heart this week. But 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 I've hidden the word in God's God's word in my heart that I may be a testimony to all I see. And I was in that rehab center and I hoped that I was a testimony to those people. And every time I quote that scripture, it takes me back over and over again. But, but here what happened, a lot of times, God will give us a word from heaven. Instead of sharing it, we hold it in. And that's what I did. 20 years ago, God gave me this powerful scripture. It changed my life forever. And I took that word of God and I hid it in my heart. And for 20 years, I've been sitting on the same scripture. I wonder how many times God has spoken into your life, even here from this church. You knew you had a word from heaven. Instead of sharing with others, you you took the word of God and you buried it inside of you and it did you a lot of good, but it hadn't helped anybody around you. Come on, amen. And what this reminds me of is, is, is the Christmas story. Because if you remember that the angels came down to the shepherds who were attending the flocks. Y'all remember that? Come on, amen. The Bible says, and the angel said unto them, fear not. Behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day, in the city of David, is born a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloth and laid in the manger. The shepherds, they, they heard the report from God and they took off. And the Bible says they told everyone. While at the same time, we find that Mary, the mother of the Savior of the world, she saw all these things that God did and all the things she heard. And the Bible says she just hid it in her heart. Let's read that. Luke 2.19. But Mary, she treasured up all these things and, and pondered them in her heart. I don't think that God gives us certain things in life for us to sit on it. I think he, he gives us tests so we have a testimony so we can tell somebody what God did for us. Just like my, my back story. I, I can go on and on because God has done it over and over and over again. Even this past week, I, was, I cried out for help. Pray for me. I'm usually up doing really good, but right now I'm not doing good at all. And there was over 268 people responded. I'm like, woo, got some people praying. Then I share something else. They're like, I got three. I'm like, hey, at least I got some prayer. Hallelujah. But the apostle Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, and bleed on in the world, and received up into glory. Can you see me riding that bike? Hallelujah. Today's message is simply entitled, 
without controversy. I want you to turn to your neighbor this morning and say, neighbor, God's word is truth. And it will not ever return void. Come on, hallelujah. I like what the Isaiah, the prophet said in Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. I love this with all my heart. He said, as the rain and the snow comes down from heaven and does not return to it without watering the earth, making it bud and flourish so that there is seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please in the purpose for which I have sent it. I was thinking this week that if you and I, if we could, if we could take our time and go across America today, and we would interview all the preachers and pastors across America today, each and every one of them would tell you that there are certain scriptures in the Bible that are very controversial. Especially get in the subject of speaking in tongues. Boy, come on, amen. We, we find ourselves quickly divided about that. But I want you to understand something. The reason that these scriptures are controversial is not that there's a problem with the word of God. The problem is with men who do not take the time to understand and study the scriptures to find out what it really means. And so over the years, what has happened in the body of believers is that there's something called division. And because of people having disagreements, one goes this way, one goes that way. One does this, one does that, and the church is divided all together. And we have all these denominations. And in our minds, we're thinking, yeah, we're in the will of God. But I say today, no, God's church is not divided. Not divided. In fact, my Bible tells me in 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, The Bible says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Can I teach you some Greek this morning? I want all of you to say as loud as you can, no confusion. Here we go. No confusion. Now, the Greek word for no is very simple. I can remember this myself. It's like the month of May. It's the word May. May. And, and what that Greek word means is no. Come on, that's simple. I got that one. But, but it's, the, it's the next one, confusion, that gets me kind of tricky. Kind of gets me messed up a little bit. It's the word akata stasia. Akata stasia. May akata stasia. So what this simply means is there is no disorder. There is no confusion. There is no turmoil. And there is no instability. Now, let's bring it to where the rubber meets the road. Can we do that? Let's, let's find out what the Savior of the world says. First of all, he says in Luke eleven twenty three, he said, He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me, he scatters. But then he brings it to where the rubber really hits the road in Mark three twenty four and 25. 
He said, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. If your family is divided against itself, your family cannot stand. If your company is divided against itself, your company cannot stand. If our church is divided, we can't stand. If my band is divided, our band cannot stand. Come on, amen. And in all the things in life, if you find division, you will not find that your company or whatever it is will thrive. It cannot produce the fruits of God because it's divided. Am I going somewhere? Yes, I am. Hallelujah. This is good stuff here. And so instead of working together as a body, we're working against one another as though this was God's will. You remember when Jesus was predicting his death, told the disciples, we're going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be persecuted, I'm going to be crucified. Peter, what does he do? He he pulls the Savior of the world to the side. We got to talk, Jesus. Now I'm paraphrasing. We got to talk, Lord. God forbid this to ever happen to you. Now Jesus has a plan. A plan to save all mankind. But Peter is rebuking him. So what does Jesus do? He says, Satan, get behind me. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of man. Ooh, this is good stuff right here. Hallelujah. Oh, but we come back to where I started. I just wonder today, how long is it going to be for the church to ever grow up? Oh, yeah, we're acting like we're all that in a bag of chips. But in reality, until we can work as a body, we're just fighting against each other. Mm, I'm I'm guilty. Come on, say amen. We're all guilty. We should all help each other here. But we come to our text, but Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. And so we can spend all the time arguing with each other about who's right and who's wrong, but in reality, the truth is this. If you've been saved by the grace of God, you cannot deny the godliness of Christ. Come on, amen. In fact, we, we know that Paul tells us that, 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 that this is a mystery. He said, for just as, just as through Romans 5.19, for just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many were made righteous. And this godliness was given to us from above as a perfect pattern of his faithfulness. And there's no controversy, there is no disagreement, there is no flaws, there's no error with the word of God. The problem is where? With God's people, period. If you need some scripture to help you to understand, Paul tells us in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, you know this, that all scriptures is what? God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 
Here's one you may not know. 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of men, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So the essential thing that we have to understand, and here's the truth according to the word of God, is that the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 1, 7 through 9, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he's lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He's made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. God has a plan. God has a purpose. And we need to find that. Come on, amen. And so our our mystery begins today, our first part here, it says that God was manifested in the flesh. Are you getting excited yet? Well, Pastor, what does this mean that God was manifested in the flesh? Well, I'm glad you asked. So I can go ahead and tell you. What this simply means is that God, everybody say God himself. God himself became a man in order to save Mankind. Now, some may want to have a little controversy about that, but I got news for you. There's no way you can argue it. Now, if God said it one time, you may have a little controversy. But I'm going to give you seven scriptures, or probably 15. I hadn't counted them, but I'm going to give you seven reasons why we need to understand that God was manifested in the flesh, beginning with the book of Isaiah 7 and 14. Listen carefully. Therefore, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Where's Roy City? Just follow the signs. Where's truth? Just follow the signs. The word of God is the truth. Come on, amen. The Lord God shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God is with us. Oh, if that ain't enough, here we go. Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Are you with me this morning? Jeremiah 23, 5 through 6. The Bible says, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will rule wisely and do what is right and just in his land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord, our righteousness. In the Hebrew is Jehovah to sit canoe. Come on, Hallelujah. Oh, yes, and we find that Micah, he begins to talk about the birth of the Savior and how the Savior was even before time began. We find in Micah 5 and 2, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me, one who will be ruler over Israel, one whose origin is from of old, from ancient times. Are you with me this morning? And that's the same exact thing that John told us in the beginning. He said, in the beginning was the world. 
word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and through him all things were created and without him nothing was created that has been created. First John 1 14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory. Come on amen. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Paul said in Colossians 2 and 9, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity, the Godhead, lives in bodily form. There is no controversy. God's word is truth. And it will not return void. I don't care what our world has to say. My word said that God is truth. Oh, but our text says he was justified in the spirit. I hope I don't get too excited in here today. Hallelujah. Now, we all know that Jesus, we're going to figure, from this point on, we're going down. We're getting deep. Y'all get your mask and your tanks on. Get ready for, it's going to get deep off of here, but I got to take you deep sometime. I can't keep you on bread and milk. Got to get them steaks on the grill. Now, we know that Jesus, it was perfect in every way from the day he was born. But our text says he was justified in the spirit. Now what we don't understand and what many people fail to understand is that he was not only perfect from the time he was born, but he was also, he had to be made perfect in order to save us. See, that messes me up. He was perfect but he still had to be made perfect. I'm thinking, what in the world does this mean? He's already perfect. He was born sinless. But God says he has to be made perfect. And what that means is that Jesus had to be tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. In other words, he, he had to understand what we're going through in order to deliver us from it. Oh, man, this is good right here. Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews 5, 7 through 9 about how Jesus had to be made perfect. It says, Hebrews 5, 7 through 9, during the days of Jesus' life on the earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud tears and cries to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence and mission. And although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who would obey him. Hallelujah. Paul goes on to say, Hebrews 10 and 14, For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And because of Christ being justified in the spirit, you and I are now able to be justified by faith in what he accomplished. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And so now, here we are, paid for in full, justified by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, you guys, y'all can't hold this in. Y'all got to leave here and tell somebody today. Hallelujah. But our text says, 
He was seen of angels and preached unto the Gentiles. Now, if we go to Matthew chapter 4, we, we know about the story about how Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tested for 40 days. Y'all remember that story? The devil came to him saying, if you're the son of God, etc. But here's what we don't know. Did you know at the end of the story that the Bible says that the angels of God came down and began to minister to Jesus? Isn't that awesome? To think that after all this temptation, all that he's been through, 40 days of starving, all of a sudden God sends the angels to attend him. The Bible tells us in Psalms 91, 11, and 12, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, to lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Now, what we don't know, we know that the angels came and they ministered to him, but we don't know what they said to him. I would love to ask him when we finally get there, Lord, what did the angels say? that help you to go to that next level. Because I've been down before where I just thought, you know, I can't go anymore in that back place. I can't ride that stupid bike another mile. Come on, amen. Have you ever got to that place where you just want to throw in the towel? Can you imagine going 40 days without nothing to eat? How weak he must have been feeling. But my Bible said that man does not live by bread alone. But every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And I'm sure the angels of God were speaking the word over his life. Encouraging him to go. Go. But our text says that he was preached unto the Gentiles. This ain't talking about the 12 tribes of Israel. This is talking about you and I. And what's interesting is how God would take the greatest apostle of all, named the Apostle Paul, teach him thoroughly the, the Pentateuch, which is the five books of the Old Testament, and he knew it backwards and forwards. He didn't send them just to the Jews, but he sent the Apostle Paul to you and I, the Gentiles. Man, if you don't understand the grace of God, here it is. That God would even consider you and I who are not his chosen people. But like that woman who came to Christ and saying, Lord, he said, Lord, heal me. He said, it's not right to toss my bread to the dogs. Woo! She said, oh, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumb that fall from the master's table. Come on, Jesus said, woo! I haven't seen such great faith as I have from this Gentile. Lord, we don't need a whole word today. We just need a crumb from heaven. That's all we need because your crumb has all the ingredients that the whole loaf has in it. <laughs> I'm preaching better than y'all are receiving. Come on, amen. Woo! Acts 22 and 21, Then the Lord said to me, Go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And then he says in our text, he will be believed on in the world and received up into glory. Here's where I close. I can tell you my time with this. 
He was believed on in the world and received up into glory. Now, let's stretch our minds for just a moment. Where are we at right now? Where are we located right now? In a place called Union Valley, Texas. Not even a city hall or post office. Hey, we got a fire station. Yeah, we just need to get some fire in the church. (laughs) Then we might need the fire station. Here we are in Union Valley, Texas, which most people across the country don't even know where that is and never even heard of it. Where's your church in Union Valley? That's out by Roy City. Oh, okay. Right? And here we are in a little church called Millwood that no one knows about. We're not like the big church on TV. And here we are over 2,000 years ago in the year 63 AD, the text was written over 2,000 years ago in a place called Rome, which is over 6,000 miles away. 6,000 miles away, 2,000 years ago, and here we are right now hearing the word of God. And not only that, but we believe. (laughs) Amen. And that's what it is. It's a prophecy that's already being fulfilled. Paul would never imagine in his wildest imagination that there'd be a little bald-headed, redneck preacher in Millwood, Texas, Millwood Union, Union Valley, wherever I'm at. Preaching his word that God gave him 2,000 years ago. And y'all believe it. Y'all are full of faith. (laughs) Woo! But here's where we close. And he was received up into glory. Now, when I was a little boy, there was a shopping mall out there in West Mesquite. I don't know if y'all remember. It's called Big Town. Y'all remember Big Town? We used to go to Big Town pretty often. I liked it. I liked to go in the big cowboy shop and see the horse and that boots and the hats. Come on, amen. Amen. But I liked something better. There was a little thing in the center there. It had, it had cotton candy. It had popcorn. And most importantly, it had those balloons. Oh, I had to have one. You know, the, the clear one with Mickey Mouse in the center, the red one? Mm, I got to have one, Mama. I don't know. Mom, I got to have one of those balloons. And she bought it for me. Yes, I had Mickey. And I'm walking around big town like I'm all that in a bag of chips. Mickey Mouse. But then something happened. Yes, it did. Stepped outside, got by the car, and the wind caught it. There goes Mickey. And I just stood there. Mama's pulling me in the car. I'm just watching it as it just goes and descends higher and higher. There goes all my hope and my dreams. (laughs) Woo! But that's kind of how God left. Here's the Savior of the world. Everything they waited for, prayed for, longed for. He's resurrected 
and now he's leaving. Going up into the clouds and the disciples look just like me. Come on, amen, mouth wide open. And the Bible tells us in Acts 1, 6 through 11, then they gathered around Jesus and asked him, Lord, are, are you at this time going to be restored or restoring the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the days the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witness in all Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and the cloud hid them from his sight. And they were looking intently up into the sky as he was going up, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them, men of Galilee. Why are you standing here looking into the sky? I'm just going to say this. Millwood Church, why are you standing in here looking at me? Come on, amen. I'm not the answer. You got the answer. Are you with me this morning? This same Jesus, not another one. This same Jesus who has been taken away from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. The Bible says, Luke 22 and 69, Jesus said, but from now on, the son of man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. The apostle Paul says, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant about those who have fallen asleep or to grieve like the rest of the men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. He says, listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of the eye. For the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are left and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds with me this morning. Paul says the body is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. He said if there's a natural body, there's also a spiritual body. And so when our spirits come back, if we leave here like Brian's mom, if our spirits are with Christ, we will be reunited some mysterious way with a supernatural body like Christ. I don't know if God's going to take her old body and blow it up and do whatever he did. I don't know how it all going to work, but I do know that we're coming back with Christ and we're all going to come together as the body of Christ and we're all going to be changed. A new body. And pastor's going to have some bad hair, boy. Be looking like a Motley Crue video. But then it won't matter. Come on, Amen. You'll know it's me. I'll be the one with big hair on the back of the horse with Jesus. Yeah. Because I'm going to be hanging on to him. Come on, amen. I don't, I'm going to spend my first thousand years just looking at him. I got eternity. Why not spend a thousand years just gazing at him? Looking at the one who would be willing to die for a sinner like me, like you, like you, and like you. 
We're all going to be in awe in the presence of God. And we're going to forget about all this trouble that we've been through. We're not going to worry. We're not going to stress. We're not going to cry. We're going to be praising God. And I, I get upset with people like, you want to praise God for eternity, but you can't spend one week of the month in church? Come on, amen. Man, when that Sunday morning comes up, you should be running to the coffee pot. Can't wait to see what God has for me next. Then everything else afterwards, you can take care of it. But man, I can't wait to get up here. Because I know that I have something for you guys that y'all want. A word from God. Not a word from the internet. Not a word that Billy Graham preached 50 years ago. Not that. But a fresh word. Uh, what the Bible would call a rhema word. A fresh piece of bread from heaven. Just a crumb. But it's enough to sustain us. Let's all stand. Man, that went fast. Still sweating here. So we close with this. If you've never given your heart to Christ, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I ask you right now to make your way. If you're listening at your table right now, sipping on coffee, I ask you right now to just close your eyes and just ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And tell Jesus right now, Father, I I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. But I also believe that you were buried and on the third day you rose according to the scriptures. Put your faith in what Jesus has done today. If you need prayer today, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Lord, I, I pray for those individuals today who should have been here. Wow, they missed it, didn't they? I just wish that young guy would have just hung around for the word. He'd be here next week. Oh, they don't have a praise team. Yes, we do. They just don't understand our worship leader was out. But you know what? People ain't looking for the Holy Spirit. They're looking for bells and buzzards. Now, if we had a, some flash pods with fire blowing up, and come on, man, we could have them out here to, to Terrell, Texas. We have something that a lot of churches are missing, and that is truth being spoken in the house of God. Father, help us continue on this path, Lord. Father, each week, we, we pray that you'll just give me enough wisdom. I'm not asking for much. But even your word says that the whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom that you put in his heart. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus that you'll just put so much in me, Lord, that people from all the world, generations, will long to hear what you're saying through these lips of clay. Not for my glory, but for yours. Father, we praise you. Be with your people this afternoon. Watch over us and keep us safe. We love you in Christ's name. And God's people said, amen.